This is the Sport Lifestyle Podcast, where the trade of sport collides with fashion and innovation. Your hosts, Mike Gugat, Neil Schwartz, and John Peters, break down news, discuss trends, and interview industry influencers. The Sport Lifestyle Podcast is on now. Are you a business leader looking for top talent? Hiring the right executive level talent while scaling a company is one of the hardest things to do. That's why many growth companies in the sports, fitness, and technology industries trust Arate Partners, the executive search firm for emerging talent. Arate Partners is the only executive search firm in the nation specializing in head of, director level, and vice president level talent for seed to series B companies. Arate is trusted by some of the world's best investors in the country and fastest growing startups in the world. When you're looking for experienced search partners with deep networks in the sports and technology industries, contact Arate Partners and be sure to visit them at www.aretepartners.com. Let's get to the show. We are thrilled to officially become a part of the Lululemon family. As part of Lululemon, Mirror can further strengthen its position and accelerate its growth by leveraging Lululemon's deep relationships with its guests, ambassadors, and communities. That was Bryn Putman, founder and CEO of Mirror, who was just acquired yesterday by Lululemon for $500 million. She started the company just in 2018 and raised capital from the likes of Steve Cohen, Carly Cross, and Lululemon itself. Matt Tingler and I in this episode broke down the deal and gave our thoughts on what's next in the fitness space and discussed some winners and losers from the deal. Matt is the managing director from Robert W. Baird, the leading middle market investment bank for the active lifestyle industry. As you can tell from my interview with Matt, we are both very bullish on this opportunity for Lulu. This deal compounds lots of value for a brand like Lululemon as it creates an authentic and content-rich environment to sell more SKUs opens them up to new verticals such as meditation and at-home fitness, and will ultimately increase their valuation as they will be judged on a tech multiple versus just a retail multiple. Let's get to the quick interview. Hey, Matt Tingler, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, John. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no, this is, uh, this is a perfect time to have you on with uh, the deal markets seemingly you know, heating up right now with uh, just the news yesterday with Lululemon agreeing to buy a mirror fitness technology company or an at-home fitness company uh, that, that has, you know, raised a lot of capital just in, in two quick short years. Um, j- just briefly uh, for our audience, for our listeners, it, it sounds like the deal uh, was uh, Lululemon is, is paying 500 million uh, in cash. They'll still let mirror uh, operate as a standalone unit with the founder Bryn operating the brand. Um, I've got to ask you, Matt, I'd love to start with the valuation. Obviously, we don't know how profitable or uh, or not Mirror is, but uh, they were allegedly doing $100 million in run rate revenue in 2020. So if you look at it uh, from a top line perspective, it seems like it was a, a steal for Lululemon at just five times uh, revenues. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, thanks, John. Good, good question on valuation. Um, the valuation obviously does seem a little rich for a company that was started two years ago, but it's obviously shown a lot of growth in those two years and a lot of just um, kind of power beyond the, beyond the size of the business today. So I think Lululemon, what they saw in the business in Mirror was a company that they can scale and leverage under their ownership in ways that um, will create a lot of value for them. And what I mean by that, obviously you have the exercise component of Mirror today um, that will continue to expand, to expand expectedly. 
as at-home fitness continues to grow. Um, the other aspect I think is Lululemon looks at Mirror and, and sees it as a vehicle for marketing the business going forward. That was part of the original initial um, thought behind their investment in Mirror. Last year, they can leverage Mirror to um, uh, market Lululemon products. And I think depending on where they take the brand in the future, it could even have more um, kind of powerful marketing avenues for, for Lululemon. What I mean by that, you think of Lululemon with their with their uh, consumables line, uh, skincare and, and other products of that nature. And even 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 if you think about personal styling, using Mirror as a way to do cons consultations or just personal styling aspects with, with consumers, um, all of that could be really powerful for them as they look to expand their, their uh, product offering, revenue streams, and then just connectivity with the consumers. Yeah, t totally agree with, with everything you said there. Um, and, and just to close the note on the valuation piece, uh, can never blame a founder, you know, selling their company. It was a successful exit. I think they had raised, you know, 75 or maybe 80 million to date. Uh, but it seems like, you know, with COVID and the acceleration of, of at-home fitness and digital, uh, it just feels a little early for, for Bryn and Mirror to, to exit the business, especially if they were going to hit that 100 million, you know, top line number. Uh, you, you've advised several founders, obviously tons and tons of brands in the consumer sector. What do you kind of find, any experiences or stories that come to mind around selling too early, selling too late and getting greedy? Any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, back on the valuation point, if you look at the valuation for Mirror, the implied valuation would be about five times revenue is what they're paying, uh, Lululemon's paying. So if you, if you compare that to like a Peloton, which obviously a public public company and it raised money throughout its life cycle. But today Peloton trades at about 10 and a half times revenue. Um, so on that perspective, you're looking at a discount, about a 50% discount for Mirror. Not completely a fair comparison given the, the differences between the two companies. But, um, you know, I think, and I can't speak for Bryn, obviously, I, I don't know what she was thinking, but I, I think it, I do think some owners, you know, there's the old saying, um, pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered, of course. And I think some owners wait too long to sell their businesses. And as a result, they either can never get to a transaction or the valuation of the deal in the future for them is much lower than the, what they would have got at an earlier point. Because of that later stage, the company is less, you know, uh, sometimes just the growth of the business doesn't materialize as expected. Profitability of the business doesn't materialize as expected. And, um, the excitement around the business just kind of wanes over time. So I think, you know, I think Bryn's speculate, I'd speculate that Bryn saw an opportunity to, to combine her business with, you know, Lulu, which is arguably one of the uh, leading performance companies out there next to Nike and leverage the Lulu infrastructure and just connectivity with Lulu's customers to continue to build her business in mirror. Um, and, and look, I mean, $500 million is a lot for anybody. I mean, you know, we're talking about significant, significant amount of money. So, you know, she could have held out for maybe a billion, maybe that was down the road for her, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't make a difference in her lifestyle. But now she also has the backing of one of the more powerful companies in the consumer sector to, to support her business growth going forward. Yeah, I really uh, agree with that. I love the 
the deal for Lulu, I mean, I think they have roughly $800 million of cash on hand. Uh, if anybody was paying attention last night and even looks like this morning, the deal uh, added, you know, roughly $1.5 billion to Lulu's $38 billion in market cap value. So essentially, they've already 3x the, the offer price there in, in, in terms of their valuation. Um, but I want to move to some of the things that I really highlighted, you know, back at the uh, Kasako did a, an awesome LA uh, fitness investor event back in December. And when, when Lululemon invested uh, a little bit before that event, a lot of things we talked about was distribution and, and even the synergies with their current customers. So I, I would guess that if you're a Mirror customer, you're likely a Lulu customer and, and vice versa. And I think this is tremendous when you think about acquiring new customers and even upselling those customers. And so I just want to read a quote here from um, the CEO of Lululemon in the press release. It, it, he said, in 2019, we detailed our vision to become the experiential brand that ignites a, com a community of people living the sweat life through sweat, grow, and connect. The acquisition of Mirror is an exciting opportunity to build upon that vision, enhance our digital and interactive capabilities, and deepen our roots in the sweat life. And for our listeners, uh, Lululemon has been on this Sweat Life mission, uh, opening experiential stores. Matt, I think where you are in Chicago, they just opened this massive store with meditation areas, That's right. yoga rooms, all of these different things. And uh, this is on top of them already uh, testing a subscription business in 2019. So, you know, can you imagine... Uh, for Lulu, to me, this brings them into other markets like meditation, which is is fast growing, and obviously their yoga. I mean, could you imagine uh, a, a mirror subscriber um, taking a Lululemon ambassador-led class and then potentially even ordering that that clothes, you know, off of off of the mirror directly with one touch? I mean, is that something you see that could could potentially happen? Yeah, it's a good point, John. I think um, I, I think there is a lot of opportunity for Lululemon outside of just pure performance apparel and, and uh, the consumable products they offer today. I think it's a business that has a lot of permission with the consumer. It's got a great brand recognition with the consumer. And I think, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see where they take it. Mir gives them a vehicle, um, be it marketing vehicle or just connectivity to the consumer, kind of that two-way connection, two-way dialogue with the consumer where they could leverage that to do a number of different things. Uh, if you think about fitness in the future, I think fitness is going to be more holistic. Uh, it'll be more than just the transaction of an exercise. I think it'll go into areas such as mental wellness, nutrition, uh, diet, things of that nature, and being able to leverage the mirror, um, the mirror equipment to have that two-way conversation with the consumer could be really powerful, um, depending on where Lululemon takes it in the future. And look, they're a, uh, you know, they're a very powerful company and, and how the consumer feels about them. And they have a lot of trust with the consumer because of that. So they have the ability to do things, which a lot of companies cannot. So I think when you look at the acquisition, again, it's, it's more the current um, exercise uh, modalities that, that, that Mirror offers. It, it's, I think Lululemon is taking a bigger holistic approach on how they can leverage this company to really build their, their brand and their different service and product offerings over time. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point. It kind of gets them into a new, you know, market, a broader market, which is wellness. You know, people claim that wellness is a $4 trillion industry. Um, you know, Matt, I kind of want to, uh, you know, wrap it up with our, our last kind of subject here on just the overall deal deal markets. So, you know, just in the last several weeks, it feels like the the market, despite COVID, is, is heating up in a, in a big way. 
Um, obviously, just two weeks ago, Hydro raised more growth capital. Uh, I think this week it was, yeah, Barry's closed more financing, Barry's Fitness, or Barry's Bootcamp, rather. Uh, and then even F45 and Exponential, which have both been rumored to go public, maybe via blank check kind of vehicle. Um, and then earlier this year, you even had smaller companies like Tempo and Forte recently closing capital uh, as well. And then everyone still knows the big players, Beachbody, uh, Tonal, Zwift, um, Echelon, which, which I have to imagine if we're talking about winners, all of those companies are really happy to see something like this because their, their valuation probably just uh, increased. Um, any predictions or thoughts in the back half of this year? One would think with COVID, things are going to be quiet, but but I actually think we're going to see a lot more M&A uh, activity in, in the space. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think it'll be a mix. I think fitness and um, kind of just more holistically health and wellness is going to be a focus going forward. And I think there will be deal activity, whether it's uh, a sale of a business uh, in the situation like a net 45 or just growth capital raising in the situation like Hydro and in berries, um, the re recent uh, capital raise there. Um, the, the consumer investors are very focused on on health and wellness and, and fitness. And, you know, there's a lot of discussion is, you know, at home um, fitness modalities and con connected fitness equipment, is that going to replace people going to a brick and mortar gym? I, I don't think so longer term. Obviously, we have to get through this COVID period and people have to feel comfortable going back to a gym. And regulations have to allow for that as well. Obviously, gyms are we're, we're open or getting shut back down. But I think the two will be um, complementary to one another going forward. I think businesses like a Hydro, like a Mirror, like a Peloton will coexist with people going to a physical gym. I think on, in the gym on the brick and mortar gym side, I think that market will continue to change. It's been changing. Um, there's been a focus on more what's referred to as HVLP concepts. Um, just given kind of the value proposition they offer. And then at the other end of the extreme, the high premium um, offering, the Equinoxes, the, um, the lifetimes of the world are doing well as well. People in the middle, kind of the groups in the middle are getting a little squeezed given the market conditions and where things are going. But I think, I think we will see activity in the market. Um, you know, there's been a lot of innovation in at-home connected fitness. You talked about Mirror today, of course. You mentioned Tonal. Obviously, Peloton's a juggernaut, um, but there's other companies that are developing new technologies for the consumers. So I think those companies, as they continue to grow, will need capital to fund their operations, fund their marketing activities. So you'll see growth capital raises there. And then on the acquisition side, I think you're going to see uh, transactions. And F45, which was announced this week, you know, sets a really nice precedent, both for a transaction and valuation for a franchise-based fitness model. Um, so I think there'll be continued interest. Uh, we just need to get through this COVID period for the brick and mortar uh, uh, fitness landscape to come healthy again. But um, certainly agree with you, John. I think we'll see activity in the future. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'd probably disagree a little bit on the legacy chains. I mean, this this all of this news came on the back of you know companies like Golds and Twenty Four Hours both filing for bankruptcies just this past month. Um, you know, for, forever I've kind of feel like I've been pounding the table on, you know, the gym apocalypse, quote unquote, really to me, what, what that means is what's happening at retail. It's, there are too many doors. And I, and I would still maintain that I ju it just feels like there are way too many doors in the fitness space. Um, you know, I think that uh, if anything, this, this obviously helps Tonal and Echelon, you know, who, who's really doing well right now. Got to think this about raises their valuation. I think this is probably neutral for a company like Peloton, who is the, the, the leader in the space, obviously. Um, I, I would actually expect them to make a, a major acquisition before this year's over, 
uh, I don't. I know you're not in the prediction market, but but my guess is uh, Hyperice would be a perfect uh, synergistic brand for for Peloton to really uh, acquire and go after their customers. And then and then lastly, kind of just wrapping up, I just thought it was interesting. So, um, you know, in their last earnings call, Lululemon saw digital revenues seventy percent year over year growth. Uh, they mentioned the word uh, digital twenty two times in the earnings call. I think the biggest loser in this deal, if there is a loser, it's got to be Under Armour. Um, you know this is definitely going after their direct to consumer sales, uh, their, their, their lack of push into the women's market. And then just, I, I looked, I searched as hard as I could under armor mentioned the word digital 18 times e-commerce 17 times yet they would not break out their numbers for those DTT DTC sales other than saying low double digit percent of sales. So I, I just think this is kind of uh, salt in the wound in a, in a brand that's struggling already. So we'll have to see how that, how that plays out. But, um, Matt, you took enough of your time. I appreciate it. Matthew Tingler, Managing Director from uh, Robert W. Baird. Thanks for your thoughts today. Absolutely, John. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate the opportunity. You can subscribe to this podcast on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, play hard or at least look good doing it.